in today's show, we're looking at injuries around the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball and on Substack, JoshLloyd48.Substack.com. That's free. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're going to go through all 30 teams, look at some injuries. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the Atlanta Hawks, no change at the top of that list. Bogdan Bogdanovich is still out. He's doing five-on-five work. So maybe he's back by the start of next week, in the next two weeks. I don't know. I don't think that he is the highest priority stash player. Just again, limited minutes, back-to-backs missing probably for a while. How often is he going to touch it with either DeJounte or Trey on the court at all times? I think he's a good player, Bogdan. But I'm not sure there's gigantic, gigantic upside. It's not the wrong choice at all. Like, you can stash him, no problem. But there is um, some limited upside there with him. DeAndre Hunter has appeared on the injury report with foot soreness. If he misses, we're just streaming in AJ Griffin. We saw that happen already. Griffin's already getting good minutes. That's an obvious one. While, um, old mate, Clint Capella. Lisa needs braces. Um, he's questionable again. He's missed two games with this dental pain. He is now questionable again with dental pain. And Anyaka Okongwu has got the start and been relatively underwhelming. Of course, we stream Okongwu in if Capella misses again due to dental pain. And then uh, we drop Anyaka after that. Simple as that. Jalen Johnson dealing with an ankle issue. He is questionable for Monday's game. If he is out, you're probably going to get Frank Kaminsky minutes and you're definitely not going to care. Um, let's go to the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum missed the last game, but he is okay. He is off the injury report. You're going to be shocked to know this, but Al Horford's back flared up again. What are the odds? Man, I I couldn't pick that coming. Mr. I'm going to play all back-to-backs, who's missed all back-to-backs now, dealing with that back issue. Um, so Grant Williams gets a boost there. Luke Hornet gets a boost for that one game that he'll be out. But interestingly, Kyrie Jr. appeared on the injury report. JB, you've done it again. Jalen Brown has neck stiffness. And uh, it was, I think he was a little bit banged up last game. If he misses, then we're going to get, you know, obviously more playing time for Derek White, more touches for Derek White, more touches for Malcolm Brogdon. And they both become elite options in the short term. Um, and with Horford out again, we're looking front court of Cornette and Horford. Um, Rob Williams, again, the timeline continues to seem like it's going to be Christmas but I would expect low minutes and no back-to-backs all season is my guess for Rob Williams and low minutes through to probably mid to end, probably end of January would be my guess. Still going to be useful, of course, and you've got to weigh up whether you can afford to hold him with no IL um, for these next four to five weeks before he returns. The Brooklyn Nets. Utah Watanabe is still out with that hamstring problem. I know he had that really big game before he hurt his hamstring. He was playing some really good minutes. I don't think that he's a 12 or 14 team league guy, despite being like a 53% three-point shooter. We know that's going to come down. 
He probably won't play those 29, 25 minutes a game that he played in those last couple of games. I, I don't see that as being um, a likely scenario. Of course, the next one in Brooklyn is TJ Warren. We talked about we talked about that the other day. I don't, I don't really think he's going to have an opportunity to be a 12-team league impact player. Two years out, he'll miss back-to-backs. He'll be low minutes. He's not going to start. He's not going to get the shots that he would normally need to be useful. I wouldn't bother with him in a 12-team league. 14-team league, probably not. But I would I obviously want to watch to see what Tony can do. David Duke is also out. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. But they haven't actually specified, or I can't see the specification on the injury. It doesn't matter. He wasn't going to play anyway. In Charlotte, some updates would be great. Lamelo Ball is out. They He's out for Monday. They don't play again until Friday. They've got a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. I would have to assume that he's going to sit one of those games. So maybe if Lamelo is you know, ready to return after missing the last two weeks, that that game on Saturday against the Bucks is a decent target. Because he's not going to play both Friday, Saturday, I would guess. So he should be back, I would expect, for both of those, or for, for, for one of those games, which should be that game on um, on Friday. But again, we're, we, we don't know that. And we're still waiting on the return of Lamella. Now, of course, Dennis Smith Jr. is also out. So the stream of him doesn't work because he's injured too. And maybe he's back for Friday, but there's a ton of games on Friday. So I don't think holding Dennis Smith is probably the right answer. Terry Rozier is probable for Monday with an illness. Um, Cody Martin, we still haven't seen him all season. So for one minute, we saw him. He's a guy, and this is what I talk about when I talk about so many of these guys, you know, namely Kelly Oubre on this team, and go, look, you know, I think he's going to fall off because... They are five rotation players who are out at the moment. And when five rotation players are out, yes, there are some guys who aren't going to play every night. Kai Jones, Teo Maladon, James Booknight, probably. They're not going to play every night. But these other five guys, like that means Ubre has to play less. McDaniels has to play less. Someone's got to play fewer minutes to get all these guys back into the rotation. Now, Haywood's still weeks away. And if you don't have an injured slot, I find it really hard to justify holding on to Gordon Haywood who's probably four to five weeks away, I would think. Like, I don't think he's back before January, same as Cody Martin. So yeah, the value of these guys, like Ubre, the sell-high window extends, and maybe you just want to keep riding it out until these guys return. But at some point, you would think they're going to have a healthy team, or at least only one guy out, and that is going to have an impact on other players who have been getting you know, pretty significant bumps in their value. For the Chicago Bulls, Lonzo, I'm guessing all-star break for him, but I don't know. Yeah, they have been pretty scant with updates, and every update they give is made to sound positive while it's actually not positive at all. Alex Caruso, though, the rabbit hunter, he has appeared on the injury report. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. His minutes have been up recently, Caruso. 27-23, 29-27, 26. He's been playing more than Ayo Desumu for the last two games, which is really interesting. I don't think this ankle injury is going to be anything long-term, and I don't think the Crusoe was a 12-team league player. But he is a really good stream option when you're looking for some steals and assists. And the minutes, they had been trending in the right direction there. And that's when we see those trends happen, it's always it's always worth um, paying attention to that and, uh, and keeping an eye on it. Today's episode is brought to you by the good folks over at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasional budget across the US, the UK, Canada, and here in Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. 
Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and you just need to get from A to B or test drive that new electric vehicle to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Let's go to the Cavs. Quite a few injuries there in Cleveland. Thankfully, majority of them aren't considered long-term, but Jared Allen is out again on Monday with his back issue. We saw last game, Evan Mobley put up a really big performance, and I think he's in line to do that again with Kevin Love also out. The Love one's really interesting because he had that thumb fracture, which usually is three to four weeks, and they said, nah, he'll just miss one game. He came back, played 12 minutes, looked terrible, and hasn't played since. I don't know why they just don't rule him out for three to four weeks. I I, I would expect that's how long he's going to be out. That's how long I expected him out initially. And then he played after one game. But something is not going particularly well there with him. So he's going to be out a while. Lamar Stevens is dealing with that illness. He's out still while Levert could return. I do not believe that Karis Levert is a 12-team league player. In a points league, I can sort of see it. And it does help that Love and Stevens are out. And that might give Levert this really short-term boost. But long-term, I don't see that happening for him. Ricky Rubio, we're looking at February, probably January, February for a return for him. And Dylan Windler. Probably a similar time frame. I'd be pretty surprised if those guys returned in the 2020, 2022 portion of the season. Um, but, yeah, who knows? Things uh, with injury timelines, they change all the time. We just don't know exactly when these guys are going to be returning. Darrett Allen, I don't expect that to be too much of a long-term concern for him. But, you know, we never, we never like to see big men with back problems. In Dallas, they don't have any injuries except... I put this here just as an excuse to talk about it. Kemba Walker is back. Hello. Hello, Kemba. He is signing. He won't play initially, I'm guessing, as he tries to get some conditioning up. The Pistons legend replaced Faku Kampazzo on the roster. I do not think that Kemba is a 12-team league ad. He wasn't that last season as a starter for the Knicks. And I don't think he's going to be the starter here. He'll probably play 21 minutes, maybe. With bad field goal percentage, he's just not the same player. But name value will be there. Someone will grab him, I'm sure, in your league. Uh, I just wouldn't. It'd be really interesting to see if he does actually get that big bump in in waiver additions. I'm not doing it. I want to watch it. I want to see what he looks like. I want to see if yeah, he maybe maybe he does play 30 minutes tonight. I I can't I cannot see how that happens. And I think he needs to play like minimum 27 to really have any shot at being a 12 team league player. And I I just. Don't think there's any chance of that occurring. In Denver, Maga Porter Jr. is dealing with a heel issue. So it's not his back this time, it's his heel. I didn't like picking him in the 50s, not because I didn't believe in his ability necessarily, but I just didn't believe, I was worried about a lot of the health stuff. The heel is a new one. We didn't really expect that to happen. He's missed two in a row now with it. We thought it was just, hey, resting on a back-to-back, but apparently not. Um, With him out, that means that you, you have to have the Shark Bruce Brown on your roster. And that is compounded by the fact that the big stiffy Bones Highland is out again. Can this bloke stop licking doorknobs? What is wrong with Bones Highland? Has he got scurvy? What are these illnesses? It's like Nick Claxton who was out for like 10 years with an illness last season. What is actually going on with Bones? I don't... I'm not, I hope it's nothing serious and I'm not making light of it, but he's been out with an illness, back in, out with an illness, back in, out with an illness, back in over the last three weeks. It makes it really tough to hold a fringe play, which I think Bones is, with this with these absences. And you go, oh, it's just an illness. He'll be back in a day. Uh, maybe not. This will be his fourth straight missed game on Monday for Bones. Um, again, if you want to move on, move on. Because again, his upside's not that high unless other players are out. 
Jeff Green is dealing with that knee injury. I'll tell you who's playing interestingly well for Denver. Vlako Chanchar. There's some talk that he might be able to take the backup center role or backup power forward role. And deeper leagues would want to pay attention, especially here with Jeff Green out and DeAndre Jordan being DeAndre Jordan. For the Detroit Pistons, Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. We have no update still. For me, my expectation is for Cade, best case scenario, 10 weeks. Most likely scenario, out for the season. It's really, really hard to drop a player like that when we just don't have a time frame. So I would like to hold for a little bit, for at least a week or so. But I think we're talking 10% chance that he plays in the 2022 portion of the season. I think it's probably a 20% chance that he plays at all. It's probably a 5% chance that he plays in 2022. I just don't see it happening. The other guys, not so bad. Jaden Ivey missed the last, what, two games with a knee injury. He's questionable for, for Tuesday. Boyan Bogdanovich missed one game with knee and ankle problems. And the Flaming Galar, Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. He's missed seven games and he is likely questionable for Tuesday. And this is, again, what we talk about. Man, Marvin Bagley, you hate him so much, Josh. Um, why do you hate Sadiq Bay? He's going to be good. Yeah, but these three guys are going to have an impact. Whether it's on minutes for Bay, whether it's on touches for Bagley, they're going to have an impact. Now, we can rule Kate out, but having three starters out, and that's what these guys are, Ivy Bogdanovich and Stewart, that means that the other guys who are temporarily starting, Sadiq Bay, or starting and getting more touches like Marvin Bagley are going to thrive. It's just common sense. So I'm not saying that Marvin Bagley hasn't played well the last two to three games, because he has. He's put up really good numbers. And if he's fixed some of the efficiency issues from the line, that's a really huge step for him becoming fantasy viable. He hadn't done it for four years, but if he's doing it now, then that is a big change. right? But it is also important to note that, that the minutes that Bay got and the touches that Bagley got, they're not likely to continue because those three players are big parts of the starting lineup and they're going to have an impact. So if you have Bagley and you have Bay, and you're loving what they're doing, and you want to stick it up my ass and say, hey, you know, you're talking about, just, they could continue it, but just remember, that is three big names, Ivy, I think big names in, this, in the scope of Pistons basketball, three big names that are going to have big roles, that are going to have an impact, and their return is coming pretty soon. With Cunningham out, we know Killian Hayes is the guy we want to grab, Burks is another option that we can add there. Alec Berg. Um, and that's where it sits. I think I've... Yeah, I was say, I've lost one of my slides, but I haven't. I found it. It's all good because it's the Golden State Warriors. There's only one player that's out for them, and that's Andre Iguodala dealing with a bad case of gout, old man disease, too much red wine, too much golf. But Andre Iguodala, he's just not going to play, and he's not going to matter for fantasy. But I'll put that there so I can have a laugh. The Houston Rockets, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. He is the only player that's out at the moment, and we are going to see the Steven Silas experience today on Monday because Bruno Fernando and El Prenshagoon are both available. What is he going to do? Is he going to start Fernando? Is he going to minimize Shengun? Is he going to lose his job? We're going to see all these things in play. Now, as for Tate, I don't know where the hell he fits even when he's back because Gordon, Martin, and Eason, I think are all better than him. So I don't really know where he fits in. I definitely wouldn't be stashing Jay Sean Tate even in like 14, 10 leagues, maybe 16. But he's the only guy that's out at the moment. So things are clearing up for the Houston Rockets. I think it's worth mentioning. People love, every year this happens, and you know, I sit in a position where, obviously, I, I watch the fantasy community really closely. 
um, and have done so for years, but it happens every year. This is the worst year for injuries. Injuries are the worst. Adam Silver's ruining the NBA with these injuries. Um, why is everyone hurt? This is killing fantasy. It's just the same as it is every year. And I think people are, oh, look at my team. I've got five guys in. I know, it gets annoying. But it's really, it really is just the same as every year. The Rockets have got one person out. The Warriors have got nobody out. There are some teams that have copped it bad, and we're going to get to that later on. But look, even the next team, the Indiana Pacers, and I did forget to put Daniel Tice on this list, but there's no one hurt there. And all oh, these teams are faking injuries to tank. These are bad teams who have got no injuries. They're not making them up. Chris Duarte and Andrew Nembhard, both of their returns could be coming soon. Now, we've seen a little bit of a spike from Timothy John McConnell, and I would expect that's because Duarte and Nembhard have both been out. Duarte is out again on Monday. Nembhard is questionable. He was starting. I'll tell you who's not a starter, Aaron Neesmith. I know he has been starter, a starter, but he's bad. So Nembhard could get that job back. But when Nembhard, Neesmith, Duarte are all playing at the same time, they're not going to be able to have 12-team league value. But those guys will be returning soon. Now, of course, this next team, it's not great that we've got these players out. Kawhi Leonard with an ankle problem. Paul George with a hamstring issue. That's shit us. And the Kawhi stuff has been a huge mystery and a huge frustration all season. And, and I got I got him wrong this season. Absolutely. I thought, hey, 16 months removed from an ACL. Give us, you know, by the time we hit end of November, you'll be playing 31 minutes a night, missing all back-to-backs, but fine. Nah, I guess not. Now he's hurt his ankle. We had that setback earlier in the year. Um, I'm not going to go as far as some people are in saying that he's a drop and that his career is washed. I honestly don't believe that for a second. But it's clearly frustrating here with Kawhi. I don't expect, yeah, maybe Saturday at the earliest that he and Paul George returned. But it's also just another indication of just, like with Paul George, like people lying or players lying. Paul George left that game where they were up huge against the Kings, I think it was. And he left at halftime against the Spurs. And they said, no, he's fine. No, he went to Steve Barmer. Don't worry, I'm okay. Uh, hasn't played since. He's missed five games since then with something that he claimed he was fine and ready to go. Like people lie all the time. Players lie. Players overestimate. So whenever you hear I'm back soon, whenever you hear I'm okay, like it's bullshit. Don't listen to him. It just, it's just bullshit. It's simple as that. It's frustrating to have to deal with these things. And with these guys out, it's still no clear-cut winner in LA because you've got Norman Powell, you've got Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, John Wall, Amir Coffey, sometimes Robert Covington, who played 41 minutes in two games and then played zero the two games back on either side of that. There's no clear-cut winner. Man might be the closest, but there's going to be so many ups and downs there that I don't love any of them. And then you've got to throw Luke Kennard at some point back into the mix with his calf issue. And they remain deep and frustrating from a fantasy perspective. Absolutely. All right. Guys, today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. Hiring is tough. It's one of the hardest things you can do as a small business owner because you've got to get it right. It's high stakes. You've got to make sure you get the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So you go on to create that job on LinkedIn Jobs, really straightforward. Fill out all the stuff you need to do and then go onto your LinkedIn profile and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and that spreads the word that you're hiring. The simple tools like the screening questions, they help you focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
you might have heard Obi there in the background. He's excited about LinkedIn jobs. His best friend's just rocked up at the house, so he's gone down to say hello to her. That's what he's so excited about. Just not, not. I'm sure he's excited about LinkedIn jobs as well. I'll have to ask him later on. But now he's just excited because his mates here. All right, let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron is listed on the injury report as probable. They do this all the time, the Lakers. You've got teams that are dreadful with injury reporting and the Lakers who are weirdly dreadful in a different way when they just list these players every single game. So LeBron is probable with an adductor strain. Anthony Davis is probable with a carp issue. Davis missed the last game, but they're both likely to play on Monday without too much concern. While Pat Beverly's got one game left of his suspension. Be interesting to see what Dennis Schroeder does. Last game with Davis out, he played well. The game before when Davis was there, he struggled. My thing with him has always been, can he get enough touches? And as the fourth offensive option, I don't think he can. If he's the third guy between behind Westbrook and James, then maybe. As the fourth guy, even if he starts, I'm not sure he's valuable enough. But he's at least worth having a look at and casting your eye. And if that cast your eye means holding him on your roster to see what happens, then do it. And there is a chance that he can hold the starting job even when Beverly returns. That is possible. On to Memphis. Des Bain is still out with that toe fracture. Isaiah Stewart's ready to return, so we shouldn't be too far away from Bain returning. Maybe we get him back on the weekend. They've got a Sunday-Monday back-to-back this weekend, so maybe he's back for one of those games. Obviously, with him out, we've seen Lil John Concha put up some really big games. Yeah! And he remains a 12-team league option just for that short term. While Zaire Williams, maybe we're getting close to Zaire returning. Maybe he's back next week. I think when Zaire does return, you'll get guys like Jake LaRavia and David Roddy out of the rotation. But I can't see how Williams is going to have any fantasy value outside of very deep formats. For the Miami Heat, there's a bunch of blokes on this injury report. None of them are too long-term, which is great. We've got Tyler Hero back, which is a huge uh, positive there. Jimmy Butler, they only have two games this week, Wednesday and Friday. Jimmy Butler has missed the last, what, six games with his knee soreness. It's always always with him. His knees are cooked. I'm really worried about his knees. Um, and this is why that despite being a top 20 per game player, he was a guy that was going in the 40s in most drafts. That This is why. Gabe Vincent dealing with a knee problem. He came back, played one game, missed the next two. So again, these guys shouldn't be long-term. Duncan Robinson with an ankle problem. Hayward Highsmith rolled his ankle last game. The two who are out long-term are Omar Yurtseven, who'll be out basically for the season, and Victor Oladipo, who's out for God knows when. And again, when we talk about the value of players like Max Struess and Caleb Martin, the value of those guys is up. And even Bam Adebayo's recent push, it's because Jimmy Butler is out. Part of the reason of these other guys is because Hero was out. They were getting extra touches. And we saw what Martin does on a team that was healthy? And the answer is nothing. And then Butler is out, and he's playing better. So we've got Butler out, Vincent out, Robinson's a borderline rotation player, and then, of course, eventually Oladipo is going to return, and that's going to impact Struess and Martin and all of these players. So while the, these things are happening, that's how we get into buy lows and sell highs and all that sort of stuff. But you've got to remember, it's not just like, oh, I think he's improved. I think he's taken the next step. I think he's doing all these things because we've got a perfect example of things like this that happened with a player on this team in Omer Yetzevan, who last season stepped up with players out, went crazy, and people were you're twisting themselves into pretzels to find a way for him to get 28 minutes a night every night, when in reality, the other players came back and he did nothing. And I think the same thing will happen to Caleb Martin. I think the same thing will happen to Max Struess if these players happen to get healthy. We ride with them now, but the long-term prospects of a lot of these guys, I think he's going to, he's going to be much slower than where they are at the moment. But yeah, I'd love for you guys to let me know what you think about that. Also, let me know what you think about me riding ankle here without an E. It looks like I'm creating some sort of modern app. Get ankle for all your health and fitness needs. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee, um, Chris Middleton. I don't really know what's happening 
we thought he'd be back like a week or so ago. There was a complication in his father past, and that has set back some of his rehab, of course, and, and grieving is, is, a, is a big part of that as well. Maybe he is back on the weekend, but I haven't heard anything direct here to say what, what the updated timetable is. It's frustrating, and he is a guy that is enabling guys like Javon Carter and Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis to play more minutes and to be more productive. And Carter and Allen and Portis, Portis, let's exclude from the list, uh, Carter and Allen are providing 12-team league value at the moment. I just don't think that's going to be able to happen when Chris does eventually return. Ingles were probably looking at a January-February return from his ACL. And then Serge Barker's question. I, I honestly, I can't believe he was even getting minutes on this team. He's not very good anymore at all. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, three injuries on their list. Jaden McDaniels out with an illness. He missed Sunday. He's going to miss Monday as well. With him out, you get more minutes for jo- uh, Jalen Noel. You get more minutes for Austin Rivers, amazingly. You should theoretically get more minutes for Kyle Anderson. But of course, in one of the vagaries of coaching, Kyle Anderson's minutes were 25, 21, 20, 22, 24, 23. The player ahead of him gets injured, few minutes. What? Why? Oh, I want to keep the bench rotation intact. Um, make it make sense. You can't, you can't do it. You can't make it make sense because it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, we hold on to McDaniels. Obviously, we can still stream Kyle Anderson for defensive stats. With Jordan McLaughlin out again for the fourth straight game with a calf problem, that does really help D'Angelo Russell. 36, 36, and 31 minutes for him with the three games that McLaughlin has been out. Prior to that, he'd struggled a little bit. I think maybe that turns D'Angelo into a sell high. I don't think anyone's actually going to sell high on him, though, or going to buy him at a high price. And with Torian Prince out, that's giving more minutes for Forbes. Uh, yeah, for Forbes and for Rivers and even Naz Reed getting back into the mix there too. The New Orleans Pelicans, Christian James McCullum is out with COVID again. He has missed the last couple of games. Um, this will be his third straight one out on Monday. He last played last Monday, so there is a chance he's back Wednesday. Otherwise, you'd think Friday is the likely return date for McCullum with him out. Jose Alvarado gets that boost, as does Devontae Graham. But we've also got Brandon Ingram doubtful for Monday against the Thunder with a toe contusion. So that's going to mean we love having Trey Murphy. And it's also going to mean that Najee Marshall, if he wasn't ill, uh, would be a great option. Now, Marshall, if he does play, I do like it. The other one that's there is Larry Nance, who's questionable. With Nance, in the games that are competitive, he's been really good. And these three massive blowout games, someone said, hey, Josh, but if a guy requires a game not to be a blowout, then he's probably not worth rostering. I think that's a decent point. My my counter to that is, how often do you get three games in a row where the margin's 20 points? And the answer is not very often at all. So even if it's a 10-point game, the answer is going to play through it. It's These are games that are over by the end of the third quarter. And I think it's just really um, unfortunate that we've had three of those clustered together to make the rotations look really weird on this team. But if Nance does miss time, like I'm not married to him. Like if he misses time, he's done. Like if he gets hurt, he's done. And when he's healthy, you have him. That's, that's how I'm viewing Larry Nance at this point. Um, if he is out, though, you're going to get someone like Jackson Hayes, get a boost, and maybe he... Balanchunas obviously gets a boost, but Jackson Hayes gets more of a like 14 to 16 team league stream. The Knicks, pretty injury-free. Apart from Emmanuel Quickly, who uh, left last game with knee soreness, Quickly had played 28, 27, 28, 25, 29 minutes, and then played nine minutes. And that wasn't just because of the knee was because everyone came back. Reddish was there. Rose was there. Grimes was there. And quickly was the guy that missed out because, of course, Captain Comover, why wouldn't you do that? They have won one game out of their last five, and that was a game against the Thunder because they're bad, and their coach is bad, and their front office is bad, and it, it remains bad. As for quickly, everything was trending right, but we know that this happens with him, with his either his production or with his minutes, and the minutes are down, 
So, look, is his upside high enough to hold through this bullshit? Probably not. And now he's dealing with this knee problem. If he is out, that means Rose and Reddish and Grimes all get minutes, and I don't think any of them really become 12-team league players. Another tanking team making up injuries. The Oklahoma City Thunder have one player on that, and that's Mike Muscala with a fractured pinky. He's obviously not impacting anything for fantasy leagues. It just means we get a little bit more security in Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Aaron Wiggins. This next one, though, is pretty rough. This is a bad injury report. I've never really seen a team... Actually, that's not true. I think the Magic were like this last season as well. But they are in uh, a real deep shit at the moment. Um, yeah, it's bad. Wendell Carter Jr. Plantar fascia. It's... yeah. I think the average missed time is like three weeks for for that. Hopefully, it's not that... that he's missed five... He, he missed one game. Came back, played 34 minutes. He's missed four straight. He's going to miss again on Monday. As I've said again with the plantar fascia, which I've said this before, is that often it can linger quite a bit and rest is the way to heal it. Or the other way to heal it is if you get a full tear, your recovery is... Your, if you get a full tear of a plantar fascia, your recovery is better and faster than if it's only like a strain or, or a partial tear, which sounds counterintuitive, but often that thing, because it's in your foot, just, unless you have full-time rest, it's really hard for that to heal properly. And that's a little bit worrying. We thought it was just a little bit of pain he was going to play through it, and he did. Well, no, that's good news. And then he's out. So it means we do want to have someone like Mo Bumba ready to go, but Mo Bumba's also dealing with back spasms. So that means maybe, maybe, maybe. Means Mo Wagner might actually be streamable. Jalen Suggs, we saw it against the Pacers on Monday. He left that game, didn't come back with an ankle problem. And it was a, a blowout. So I thought, okay, maybe that's the problem. Then, then the next game, which was not until Friday, against the Sixers, he played 19 minutes. I go, what happened with Suggs? I'm like, hmm, maybe that ankle is flaring up. And then he missed Sunday and he's going to miss Monday. The ankle has been a continual problem for him. Is there a chance now that, and this point guard has been a constant thing. Like one of them has an opportunity then gets hurt and the other one comes in and gets hurt and the other one comes in and gets hurt. There's a chance now that Markel Fultz comes back and Suggs is out. If you want to drop Jalen Suggs, now I've been saying Suggs is a guy to roster for sure. While he was healthy, he was rolling. And if he had have stayed healthy, I think he would have held off both Fultz and Anthony. But is his upside high enough to deal with uncertainty around an ankle injury that cost him so much time last season and has already cost him time this season? Probably not. If you want to move on, I get it. Because we are going to get a squeeze here. Cole Anthony might return by the end of the week. Markel Fultz might be back on Wednesday. I don't know when Suggs is going to come back. And I don't know how it's all going to fit. And it's like talking about the production of Bol. Why do you hate Bol Bol, Josh? Why do you think he's not going to continue to do it? Um, because look at how many players are out. And while we can say the Bol's been great, because he has, it's very, very hard to get a 240-minute rotation with even half of these guys back where Bol plays 30 minutes. You can't do it, really. I, I just I don't see how you can do it. I thought he was pretty bad last game, honestly, against Philadelphia. And I, I think ideally a role for Bol is a 21-minute-a-night role as a backup coming in and, and relieving a couple of blokes in that front court. But we've had so many guys out for them all season that we've got an extended run here for Bol. That's why I maintain that I think he's a sell high. But I don't know when, I don't know when this value is going to end because Suggs is out, Anthony's out, Fultz is out. Jumra KK is dealing with a knee injury. My Bumba's got a back problem. Terrence Ross is ill and will miss Monday. And then, of course, there's he who shall not be named, who's doing practice with coaches, apparently, and is waiting until he can play 20 to 25 minutes until he returns. Cool. So he'll never return. And I don't honestly believe that... I'll say his name now, just in case you're confused. I don't honestly believe you should be rostering Jonathan Isaac. I don't think you should be. I don't think it's going to pay off at all. 
But there's just so much uncertainty. I don't understand this rotation for this team more than any other team in the NBA because look at that. Carter, starter. Suggs, car starter. Anthony, maybe starter. Fultz, maybe starter. Akiki, part-time starter. Gary Harris, maybe a starter. Terrence Ross, rotation player. Isaac, former starter. Bumba, shithouse. But like, there's so many guys here that can actually play and start and then impact the minutes of Bol, of um, Wagner, uh, of not, not Franz, of, of Mo Wagner, or of RJ Hampton. Like, there's just so much going on that is up in the air. And honestly, I can't give you the proper answer to it because I don't know it. In Philadelphia, three guys with foot injuries. James Harden, we're probably looking at next week. Look, they, they've got a weird schedule next week. They play on Monday and they don't play again Friday. So I reckon that Friday 9th of December against the Lakers is a possible target or the 11th of December against the Hornets is a possible target for, uh, for Harden. We're probably three weeks away from Tyrese Maxey returning. Tangle's dealing with that foot fracture. I'd be, yeah, he is obviously a bit longer away now. Again, I'll tell you what we're going to have. We're going to have the Omi Yurt 7 problem happening again here because there are people already doing this with Shake Milton because let's be honest, Shake Milton has been awesome but as I've said with Shake right he was out of the rotation to start the year what he is doing now he is taking big minutes because Harden, Maxian and Beat are out he's pairing an increased usage because Harden, Maxian and Beat are out and he's doing it while shooting like 57% from the field something which he has absolutely zero chance of maintaining so it makes it look as the number one player last week Shake was the number one player People go, well, he'll be able to play. He'll still play 30 minutes tonight when Harden and Maxi are back, yeah? Yeah, he'll still play 30. Yeah, yeah, he will. Oh, can I have some more straight Milton? He'll play 30 minutes tonight, yeah? They'll just, they, they won't play um, Anthony Melton anymore. It'll just be shake. Like, guys, I don't think so. Sure, Doc Rivers might change his mind on that and say, well, yep, we really love what shake does and he will get those 30 minutes tonight and will never play Thibault and Melton will play 10 minutes tonight. He could do that. He won't. He just won't. We love what he's doing now. And the question then becomes, is he a sell high? And like, if someone stupid is in your league that will give you a top 40 rest of season player, you do it. You might sacrifice, you honestly might sacrifice top 25 numbers. I don't think you do because Milton is not a top 25 player. It is a confluence of events that is leading him to be this good. High usage, massive shooting numbers, big assist numbers, huge minutes. They're not all going to stick like this, right? So you might lose a little bit for the interim, but... He's not going to end up as a top 100 guy. I'm fairly confident in that. And in saying all that, Joel Embiid might play on Monday. And that's going to have an impact on him straight away. So if Embiid does play, of course, the value of someone like a, a Paul Reed is reduced. He'd been really good. Uh, PJ Tucker is questionable or probable, sorry, with an ankle problem. Jaden Springer, the package is out again. He's had a dreadful start to his NBA career. Dreadful in terms of being bad, but also in terms of injuries. And Matisse Thibel is questionable with his ankle problem. Sorry, lots to talk about there with the Sixers. Let's go to the Suns. There's not as much to talk about here because I just don't know what the hell is going on with Chris Paul with his heel injury that apparently wasn't a big deal, but we haven't seen him play for three weeks. I know the bloke's old, and it's always worth mentioning. Again, it's one of those ones there where Chris Paul, we, oh, but you, gotta, you can't draft him. You can't, you can't. This is four years ago. You can't draft him. He's always hurt. He's always hurt. And then he didn't get hurt for four years. But Chris Paul doesn't get hurt anymore. He's figured it out. He's you know, vegan diet. He's figured it out. He doesn't get hurt. And now he's hurt again. So now it's like, don't draft him. So in essence, it's all complete luck. Like it's, it's, you can't change your mind on a player every two years as to whether they're injury prone or not based on what happened the last season. You can't. Shit happens. And it's frustrating. But the thing is that when a player gets older, injuries are more likely, but more importantly, injury recoveries are longer. 
They might not be more likely. There might not be statistical evidence to prove that. But I can tell you now that injury recovery is much longer when you are older. And Chris Paul is old. And that is part of the issue here. Uh, people, I've seen so many overreactions on this as well. People go, nah, Chris Paul's actually fine. They're just um, load managing him for the playoffs. And then someone responded, oh, so does that mean he's going to sit for the rest of the year? Like, can you guys calm down? Stop with the crazy conspiracy theories. If Chris Paul was healthy, he would be playing. Sure, are they taking a little bit of extra time because he's 37 years of age? Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's fine. That's completely normal. That's completely normal to do. Is it frustrating we don't have a timetable? Yeah, I hate it. But I just, I just, and I just don't know. But the thing is, for fantasy, what do we do? Like, we just have campaign. We roll with him. There's less copium here with campaign where people go, oh, well, maybe he's going to continue to have um, yeah, value when, when Chris Paul comes back. Because again, people, I've seen it. Oh, Paul will sit all back to back. So he'll probably only play 25 minutes a night to keep him fresh. Yeah, no, nah, it's not happening. Um, and we just roll with campaign. It's annoying. I, I am absolutely annoyed by it. No, no, no question about it. But what can you do? It's not. I'd love to just actually know what's going on with this heel. That's 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 would be great. Um, Cam Johnson still weeks away with that meniscus injury. I, I wouldn't bother holding him personally. And then Jay Crowder, I don't know when he's getting traded. He's obviously dealing with some tech issues at home, blue screen of death and all that in his computer. So he's got IT guys in and out of the house. It's really tough for him to get out there and practice. So yeah, he's probably not going to be available anytime soon. On Portland, Damian Lillard dealing with a calf injury. Uh, calf tightness, allegedly they're calling it. Bullshit, it's a calf tear. He's missed uh, a week. I expect that he misses the rest of this week. And then maybe we look at him around the 10th of uh, December. Now, they have a, a four-game week. They play Sunday, this Sunday, and then they don't play again until Thursday. So maybe he's back on that Thursday. That's possible for Lillard. With him out, Simons gets a boost. Grant gets a boost. Um, Winslow gets a boost if you can deal with some of his deficiencies. But I'd say another week at least here for Lillard. Gary Payton hasn't played all season. Allegedly, he's still reconditioning. He must be un more unfit than I am if it's taking him the last three weeks to get his conditioning back. What's he been doing? Eating too many Doritos? That's, that's, that's bullshit. Don't tell me he's reconditioning. That's garbage. You can't be reconditioning for three weeks. Can't. It's just not true for a bloke like this. It's not true. Anyway, I don't think he's going to be an option. But if he was healthy and Lillard was out, you consider streaming him. But I don't think he's worth a grab. Well, Keon Johnson had an opportunity here with Lillard out to put up some numbers for deeper leagues, but he hasn't played in like three weeks either, unfortunately for him. But the Kings, no injuries. Great, we can move on from them. The San Antonio Spurs have some injuries. I don't know how many of these um, are actually significant or not. Jakob Pertl left last game with quad soreness. Jeremy Sohan left last game with quad soreness. Sohan now! Josh Richardson's missed three in a row with an ankle sprain, and Keita Bates-Diop has missed the last two with an ankle injury. Bates-Diop gets value if Sohan is out or, or Pirtle is out or Richardson's out, and he becomes streamable really there. But they only have, I believe, a two-game week next week. Um, yeah, they've got a stinking week next week. They play Thursday, Saturday. As for you know, Pirtle, if he's out, Zach Collins is the ad, but Pirtle might not be out. They don't plan to Wednesday, so don't expect an update for them anytime soon. And then they play Wednesday, Friday. So if you even add Zach Collins, are you going to play him Wednesday? Maybe, maybe not. Are you going to play him Friday? Maybe, maybe not. So you might actually play him Sunday, and then Pirtle is probably going to be back then. Sohan's not a 12-team league hold, I don't think. Pirtle is. I've heard of people wanting to drop him. Please don't. Please. But the Toronto Raptors, or Blake Wesley out with the MCL. He's, not, he's out for a while. It's not going to impact much. The good news is, is that a couple of these players are going to be returning. Scotty Barnes is dealing with an ankle, uh, sorry, a knee problem. He's missed the last two. He's questionable for Monday. While Pascal Siakam has been out for a few weeks, and he is likely to return, if not Monday, on Wednesday. And of course, that means that the value of Chris Boucher and Thaddeus Young is going to drop. 
Otto Porter remains out. Precious Achua remains out. But when Barnes and Siakam come back, then Young comes a clear drop. And I think Boucher probably does end up being a drop in that scenario. Banton with the ankle injury had that one big game and then has been hurt ever since. And I don't think he's going to have an impact. And Justin Champagne dealing with a back problem. For the Utah Jazz, Larry Markinen appeared on the injury report with a knee issue. Bang knees with DeAndre Ayton and it's a knee contusion. I would think that there is a chance that he rests or misses one of these games Monday, Wednesday. If that knee injury has flared up, I'm a little worried about that. Um, bone bruises and knees can be pretty tricky. So we obviously want to watch that. Now, if he is out and the fact that Rudy Gay is out, I think you're going to get more Simona Fontecchio. But you're also going to get more value for Malik Beasley pushing up to the three. Maybe some more minutes for Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, those lineups where Markinen pushes to the four and Linux at the five means you'll get more Vanderbilt getting minutes and even more Walker Kessler. So all of those guys will will benefit there. Mike Conley is out again with that knee problem. So Sexton remains a stream. We don't have a firm update on when Conley is going to return, unfortunately. And then Rudy Gay is out with that hand issue. Um, Simona Fontecchio was in the rotation, but he's out of the rotation again now. And it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker who's getting playing time there. Well, Johnny Jujang, yeah, the big fella. He's out with a wrist injury and uh, Leandro Bomaro is out with a concussion. The last team we look at is the Wizards. And after having a few injuries, they're relatively healthy now. Kuzma missed last game, but he's off the injury report. The only guys there are DeLon Wright, who's out for probably another three weeks with a hamstring strain. I'd look for him to play 25 minutes a night when we get to February, I think. I don't know, but I think. And then um, Rui Hachimura has missed the last four with an ankle problem. Obviously, we don't want to roster Rui in 12 or 14 team leagues, but his absence has really helped guys like Denny Avdia um, uh, push up into a larger role and, and to get a few extra shots. And that is a long-ass injury report because I speak for too long. Guys, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and an Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, why don't you thumb it up? You leave your comments, you subscribe, you do all those things. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.